0: All right, we are here, and I'm excited to give you some more bad advice. It is week number two, and uh, I got some bad advice to roll out for you. So if you're watching on Facebook, encourage you to, again, comment along, take notes. If you're in person with us, this is a sermon that applies to every single one of us. So get out your note-taking devices and follow along, and uh, I encourage you to just be ready to receive the, the negative or the bad advice that I'm giving you today is this. Negativity has never hurt anyone. Negativity has never hurt anyone. That's bad advice. If someone says like, yeah, go ahead. You can be negative. It's fine. A lot of people make excuses like, I'm not positive Polly. We just weren't raised that way. Like, oh, it's not in my family. I'm a, I'm a negative person. Well, negativity hurts. It hurts. Like, it's just not good for you. And we're going to get into it today. And it's not how God's called you to live. So there's not one single person in this room that can be like, nope, you know what? It's just how I was made. I'm a negative person. No, we're going to get it right. Are you with me today? And so negativity does have its effects. We, um, we were leaving a Chick fil A uh, in Detroit the last couple of days. We were out of town and uh, we were leaving Chick fil A and uh, getting some Christian chicken. And um, there was a sign and it had like directions. It was like, go this way out of the drive through. And then it said something like, um, it's, you know, it was like, whatever. And then it said, had a good day. And then at the end, at the bottom of it, real big, it said, be a light. I was like, man, we all need that sign, like at the end of the driveway every day. Like, you know what, we're really just assigned to do is just be the light. Not negative, not so dreary, not so always, oh, have you heard? No, no, no. Like, we're, that's our assignment. Get your Christian chicken and be the light. That is our call. <laughs> In life is to do this. And I actually, I mean, like I'm kidding, but I, it literally struck me. I was like, think about that. All of, of everything we just even sang about and worshiped about Genesis, God created the earth and he created mankind and he redeemed us through Jesus. But all of this message is, is placed on in position for us to be a people who are out there being a light. Being life-giving, being encouraging, being people who are speaking positive and, and, and kindly and life-giving over one another. We're called to be the light. It's like, it's like the function of believers, and I know you know this, but it's like, it's like our power and our function is for us to go out and be life-giving and be the light. And sometimes it happens to us, sometimes, a lot of the times, most of the times, we find ourselves feeling like we're making a difference through our murmuring. Well, I'm standing up for something and negative, negative, dreary, 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 doom and gloom, doom and gloom. But God's saying, no, go out and be the light. And so I want to talk about that today. What does it look like for us to be the light? What does it look like for us to be life giving and encouraging? Philippians chapter four, verse four. I'll say it to you like this. Paul said uh, a whole bunch of times in his writings, he said, look, it's good that I remind you of these things. So it's good that I remind you of these things. It's good that, I know you've heard this before, but it's good that you hear it again. I actually preached a sermon like this two years ago and uh, none of you changed, so I'm preaching it again. <laughs> but I know some of these scriptures and thoughts we've heard before, and honestly, we could all hear this sermon every single day when we wake up to remind us to be the light, be life-giving, but I know some of these scriptures are pretty, uh, pretty normal or we've all heard them before, but, but let's, again, remind ourselves. Philippians four says, rejoice in the Lord always, And again, I say rejoice. That means you're called to rejoice during the debate, after the debate, during the election season, after the election season. We are called to rejoice in the Lord always. When do you rejoice? Always. And then he doubles down on it. He's like, when do you do it? You do it again. And you rejoice in the Lord always. And again, be a person who is rejoicing. My concern in this, because I've heard it verbalized and I have felt it crep- creep in on me, is my concern is that through all of the things happening, because there's so many things happening, my concern is we're being tempted to accept defeat. How many of you have heard somebody say something like, I don't even know who to trust anymore or what to think or what to believe. I don't even care anymore. And our joy goes, and we've just accepted this oppression and depression and suppression and any other oppressions. <laughs> we've accepted. And that's not a good thing, is it? When we've just said, oh, I'm just, I'm just accepting. No, no, no. Paul's saying, no, 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 no. You're going to get into time where always you've got to find a spot to rejoice. rejoice yourself. Rejoice in the Lord always because God is doing good things. Can I get an amen? So the the definition of rejoice is rejoice to rejoice. Some of you are like, yeah, it's the word rejoice. Rejoy or to reignite, to reignite joy in your life because there's going to be times in the day, probably more than once, where you got to go, Oh man, I need to reignite joy in my life right now. I need to restart this thing because I'm not going to allow myself to live in negativity. Another word, uh, definition of it is to renew. You know, we renew a lot of things. We renew memberships and we renew all these kind of things. It's saying, be a person who understands that there's going to come times where, oh, you know what I got to do? I got got to re-up on joy because I've lost it or the, the contract has expired on joy and it's time for me to renew it. Are you with me? And so he's saying, make a conscious decision, Paul's saying, throughout your day to be a person who says, hold on, it's time to renew. It's time to reignite. It's time to rejoice in the Lord always. Paul says, make up your mind. Uh, I feel really kind of dumb giving you this point because it's so basic and it's right in front of our face. But have you ever noticed that the most negative people that you know live the most negative lives? Everybody's like, "Uh uh-huh. But they're so negative about their spouse. They're so negative about their job. They're so negative about their kids. Every time you get around them, they're so negative about everything. And if you did a synopsis, synopsis, I, I got it right. Don't worry about it. Of their life, you'd be like, man, they're so negative. Well, it's because every day they're sowing negativity, negativity, negativity. We all know this in scripture. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty-one in the New Living Translation says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I love to talk and I've reaped consequences by the way of my talking. I'm telling you, this scripture has never been more true than anything in the Bible. But how many you know, you've heard me say it before, that we're imitators of God. And God created the world, the scripture says, by using his words. He spoke things into existence and they came to be. We're imitators of God. The same thing happens in our life. The scripture is saying, be careful what you speak because what you say you're going to have. What's on your tongue is in your future. Your confessions matter to God. So when all we do is walk around negative, this is negative, and this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and every time we get together, negative, 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 all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in a very negative life. Can I get an amen? And God hasn't called us to be that way. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 uh, it's a picture, and I'm going to read it to you here in a minute, but it's this picture of how the new church began to come together in the book of Acts, the New Testament church, and how we're called to live this out. It says this, it said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They were devoted to church and teaching and ministry. And it says, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread in prayer. See, eating bread is in the Bible, guys. Carbs. The New Testament church pattern is sweets and prayer and sweets. When are you guys going to listen to me? Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad, notice glad, and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers daily who were being saved. The message version describes it like this, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw every day their number grew as God added to those who were being saved. Isn't it interesting that the scripture said the gathering of Christians was a place that was joyful and life-giving. And the scripture says exuberant and they enjoyed the fellowship of one another. Could it be possible that God is still wanting Christians to be the most life-giving, joyful, are you with me? Our gatherings to not be places of judgment and scorekeeping and criticizing. Can I get an amen? And the scripture says they, that the Lord added to them Scripture says right here, it says people in general liked what they saw, right? So the outside is looking in going, I like that. Uh, We were out of town, as I said, we were at a birthday party with Jess's family. And uh, how many of you know everybody's family has that one person that, you know, y'all kind of try to avoid? And uh, and I love my mother-in-law, but there's just these. Oh, no, it's not her. No, it's not her. But there, there's this person, and, and so you're kind of watching the party. And, of course, I talk with everybody. I love everybody, and you should too, and I know you do. I'm not making a judgment. But how many of you know, you, there's, that, there's that one negative person. So, oh, it's always like, oh, here they come. We're going to hear about it. Here they come, and then they come, and then here they come. You're just like, oh, i got to get out of here. I need a shower. You know, uh, My favorite scene, and I replay this in my mind uh, so much more than you would even want to know, But I forget the movie. It's called Date Night or something. It has Steve Corral in it. And um, he's riding in a car with his wife. And she just keeps talking. And he's over it. And he's like, if you don't stop talking. And anyway, the scene in the movie, he just opens the door while it's going down the road. And he just falls out. Because that's better than staying in the car. And I get in so many conversations. And I let myself out of the car when I'm listening to people. I just let myself out. And I feel better after in my mind I let myself out of the car. But I wonder if the world gets around the body of Christ and it's just like, oh, they're so condemning. They're so negative. They're so judgmental. I would rather just let myself out of the car. Are you with me? And yeah. the scriptures say, no, our call is life giving and joy filled. And we have the good news, do we not? Oh, yeah, we're the people of the good news. We're always so negative we're always so judged. No, we're missing it. It's important that we we get it. Have you ever noticed this? That the most positive people live the most positive lives. You know, the people that are always like, oh, I just love my spouse. My kids are the best kids. Here, look at them. They get out the wallet and I love my kids. And the kids look crazy. You're like, you love those kids. Oh my God. (laughs) Some people think that way. I don't think that way. (laughs) They just love everything. Oh my gosh, have you seen my cat? I love this cat. And they just love everything, love everything. But guess what? They also love their life. It's crazy how that works, right? When they they set their sight on things that are life-giving and encouraging, isn't it amazing how they actually get that in their life? John chapter 13, verse 35 in the New Living Translation says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not the way that we're always getting each other, correcting each other, holding each other accountable. All that stuff matters. I'm, I'm, I'm for all of that stuff. But at the same time, if we just don't have love for one another, then the world's never going to see what we're into. Are you with me? World's looking over at the church. Man, they don't even like each other. Why would I be a part of that? No, we need to be life-giving and positive and affirming and for one another. Can I get an amen? Yeah, amen. We've all heard this statement before, but you can't live a positive life with a negative attitude. You can't live a positive life with a negative attitude. I'd say it to you like this. You can't lead somebody to a positive life with a negative attitude. We're trying to lead people to the cross. We're trying to be, because God in Chick-fil-A told us to be the light. How can we lead people to that if we're always negative? If we're always dark, if we're always gloomy, how can we lead anybody to that? John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Leadership is not situation. It's not, no, leadership comes down to influence. Influence nobody's going to follow you if you're so negative. Wow, they're so negative. They're just so dream. I just can't wait to follow them. No, no, no. We we got to influence and we, we use the light to influence. We use God. Are you with me? That's why the great commission said go into the highways and byways, lead people to me. He's talking about influence. Second Corinthians three says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom freedom, life-giving, fun, encouragement, life-giving, where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. We also know the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's one of our strengths. It's one of our weapons. It's one of our abilities. So if the joy of the Lord is our strength, does it mean then that the negativity of the enemy would be our weakness? brings weakness. If the joy of the Lord is the thing that strengthens us and builds us up, that means if we allow the constant negativity of the enemy, it weakens us, doesn't it? It's just, no, I I grew up this way and I'm I'm good. This is just how our family is. And this is how, no, I've had a lot of bad things happen to me. And so now I'm just a a negative, critical person. No, 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 no. The negativity weakens you because the joy of the Lord is what actually strengthens us. You have to fight for joy in your life. That's why Paul said, be a person who starts it over and starts it over and reignites it and reignites it. Can I get an amen? Unfortunately, we do live in a culture that sells and promotes negativity. Unfortunately, the headlines are like, the more negative, the more nasty, the sharper thing you said gets pushed to the front of the headline, doesn't it? And so we should just call all the news networks the negative news networks. Because it's er, 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 er. And and it's dangerous. Why? Because it's weakening us. That's why we all feel the fatigue is because that negativity has weakened us. If we could build up the joy and strengthen the Lord. Are you with me? So every day we reignite. We reignite that joy. It matters in our life. I thought about even our marketing. Our marketing tries to tell you you shouldn't be satisfied. You should find yourself Uh, disappointed and discouraged. Marketing is like, you must own the blah, 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 because if you don't own the new, you should surely be dissatisfied. You're like, oh man, I don't own that. I'm sad, I feel negative. Because even marketing beats us down. Because everything is, you're missing out if you don't. So we have got to find a way. Thank God for God's word. Can I get amen? Amen. Last week we talked about it builds us up and encourages us, it inspired us. If you didn't listen to last week, you need to go back and listen to it because it's gonna help us be able to live this out. Harvard says exposed to a single negative word, more than one each day can dramatically alter your brain structure. So the way you see the world, if it's influenced by negativity, you begin to see the world different. Do you know that you learn nine times faster through encouragement? You learn nine times faster through encouragement. And so we always say this, people rise or fall to the level of our praise. If we talk about people up here, they get up to there. If we're always talking about people here, that's all they ever get to. And so nine times faster through encouragement. I mean, you know you don't like it when somebody says, hey, you haven't finished that yet, And your boss is just over there shouting at you about some things. You're not going to grow through that, but as soon as it sort of comes in encouraging. Hey, man, hey man, what can I do to help you finish the good, right? My son, I've noticed this with him, our kids. Uh, same thing. When we're in the kitchen and we need him to do something, we yell across the house, hey, go get your shoes and your jacket and get the blah, blah, blah. And we tell them all the things that they gotta go do. Most of the time they don't listen. Shocking, right? <laughs> So we, like, I feel that we have our prayer room open for, <laughs> but I've noticed if I go into the room, if I go into where they are, Hey bud, Hey bud, you good? yeah, hey, uh, hey bud, can you do a couple of things for me? I need you to, blah, blah, blah. yeah, dad. Cool. And he goes and do it. Why? Because it was life giving exchange. Yeah. Yeah. I got into his place. We had a conversation. Yeah. I wonder how much the church is actually just shouting across to the world. Hey world, you need to get right. Rah, 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 rah. The world's like, duh. Instead, if we could come in and go, hey, bud, what's up? How can I help you? How can we fix this thing? How can I be a part of your story? I'm not leaving you. I'm going to be at your side, but how can we make this better? Are you with me? And so that, that, that's our call. That's our assignment is, is to come in and, and, and call people to rise, but we got to do it in a life-giving manner. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7 uh, says this, As he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Meaning if you're consuming all the negativity and you're letting it get in you, you're looking at all the negative, all the things that are wrong, all the things that aren't in good order, and you're letting that get into your heart, that's going to be how you think and perceive and act and live as you think it in your heart. Again, that's why we renew our, our minds. The scripture says uh, by the scripture, because we need that in our heart. And here's the dangerous thing. You may say, oh, it was, just, I had a bad day and I came home and you spewed your negativity everywhere. So many times in my life, I'll hear my kids say something, I'm driving along or I'm doing something with them and I hear them say something like, where in the world did you pick up that? Where did you? And uh, they're always like, mom. And I'm like, of course, of course. (laughs) This has nothing to do with the sermon. I just thought of it and it's hilarious. (laughs) Jess homeschools our children. And my son is five. He's a little bit like me. He's me. And when they homeschool, this has nothing to do with anything. I just thought of it. He calls her teacher. But he does it comedically. He'll be doing his homework, and he'll yell down the hall to his mom, teacher. And I think I should correct him, but I'm not going to. It's fantastic. Teacher. And what's the best part is she goes down there and helps him. She responds to it. Anyway. But I noticed here's why we gotta get negativity right is because our kids pick up on that stuff quick. So they hear that one comment you say where you upchucked about somebody or something, and all of a sudden it's in them and it's on them. And it's harder to undo. Um and so we gotta get it right. I'll close with this. The scripture says in Hebrews 3.13, it says, but encourage one another daily. We encourage one another, not just on Sunday not just that small group. No, we encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that one of you, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Scripture saying you encourage one another daily so that you don't fall into sin. You could say it like this. When we encourage one another, you help prevent sin. When we get together and we're life-giving and we speak good over one another, we encourage one another, you could quite possibly, literally be helping somebody from sinning, falling into sin. But instead, we want to get together and we want, did you hear? Did you hear? We all heard. Are you kidding me? We all know. We keep having the same conversations all the time. Heaven's like, oh, look at all that I've given for them. Look at all that I've empowered them with and they have the Holy Spirit and what do they do? They're talking about that all day long. Are you with me? Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, because it helps us prevent sin. David said, or we saw David, 1 Samuel says about David, that David had the ability to strengthen himself in the Lord. Didn't need a coach, didn't need a counsel. Didn't. He got in times where he's running and he's on the, but he had this ability to strengthen himself in the Lord. What did he know how to do? He knew how to encourage himself, bring himself up out of the despair. It was a, It was a great thing that we see in King David. Proverbs chapter eleven twenty seven says, "Whoever seeks good finds favor." You want to walk in God's favor? You want to walk in God's blessing? Be a person who seeks out the good things of life, and the good things that God is doing. But evil comes on the one who searches for it. It doesn't take long to find evil. Actually, anybody can find evil. You're not impressive because you found something evil to talk about. We know. But be somebody who seeks good and finds favor with God. Can I get an amen today? Amen. So negativity matters. We're not going to be a house of negativity because God and Chick-fil-A told us to be the light. <laughs> We're going to do that.